Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Well, here we are at the start of a new Evox series that I'm going to be working through with myself. And as I mentioned last week, the new series that I want to work through is on limiting beliefs, subconscious emotions around money. So just like the previous series that I worked through, that period in my life, I already knew that was a really, really significant thing that was creating negative patterns in my life that I needed to finally spend a good chunk of time working through. And truthfully, I feel the same way about the topic of money. I know I have so many negative limiting beliefs around money that keep me stuck in patterns, in fear. I'm afraid to look at money. I'm afraid to think about money. And so I know that it's also probably keeping me small in my life in a lot of ways too. So I already knew this was going to be the next series that I wanted to work through. And just to give a quick recap, basically whenever I'm working with myself or with a client through Evox, I like to set up a series of sessions on different potential subtopics related to the overall topic that we are working through. So to give you an example of how I'm doing this with this money topic, money is the overarching topic. And I have then identified six potential subtopics, each of which will be its own Evox session. From what I have experienced with myself and with clients is it really does take about a minimum of three sessions, three to six sessions to make some really profound progress on any given topic. And so with any client, when we're setting up a new Evox series, we're always going to identify at least three subtopics, but usually anywhere between three to five subtopics. And it really can be so amazing, the shifts that can happen in just that period of one single Evox series. So ideally, each session is happening on a weekly basis as consistently as possible. So let's say we're working through a series with six subtopics. That would be hopefully six weeks in a row that we're meeting and working through that series. And you can actually go listen to the last podcast episode, which was basically the conclusion, the summary of the last Evox series I was doing with myself, basically summarizing what were the emotions, the repressed emotions that I felt like I was able to release, what were the limiting beliefs I identified, what were the negative patterns showing up in my life, and how had my patterns and my emotions already shifted just within that six-week period. And it was, even for me, it was really profound. So I think that's a really great example for anyone who's like, okay, I'm starting to understand what Evox is, but I don't 
still don't really know how it can help me and help change my life. That is a really great episode to listen to. So I'll make sure that I link it in the show notes. So getting back to this new series of money, I identified for this series six potential subtopics and I'm just going to list them out for you now. And the first one is a limiting belief that money is scary. Another one is that it's selfish to have money. Third is a fear that I can't manage money. Fourth, buying things is a soothing technique. Fifth, any shame around money. And then number six is exploring any generational trauma around money, which knowing a little bit about my family history on both sides, I know that there actually is a lot of trauma around money that definitely could have been passed on. So that's something that I want to take through an EVOX session to explore. And so the subtopic for the EVOX session that I will be sharing today was the subtopic of it's selfish to want money. And just before I go on here really quick, I want to touch on how do I decide what the subtopics are? That might be a question you yourself have. There's no hard or fast rules as to what the subtopics need to be. When I'm working with a client and we're talking about an overarching issue, usually what I'm trying to do with the subtopics is identify potential either limiting beliefs or events that are contributing to the overall issue and then making each of those its own subtopic. So for me in this case, in particular with the money, I focused more on identifying some of my limiting beliefs that I'm already aware of. And I know that as I get into each of those individual EVOC sessions, any particular events that might have contributed to those limiting beliefs will probably surface through the subconscious during those sessions. And vice versa, the same thing can happen. If The only thing we're currently aware of is a particular event, then we can start by addressing the event and then through that, again, usually the subconscious will reveal what limiting beliefs, what fears came from that experience. So again, there's no right or wrong way to do it. It's kind of like whatever information we already have and we're aware of, let's start there. The rest will usually surface throughout the sessions and the series. So the topic for today was it's selfish to have money. And I have been aware of this limiting belief for actually quite a few years now. I know already this was something that I picked up through the way my parents talked about money, but also in particular the way the churches we were attending talked about money and so I already knew I had this limiting belief that it's selfish to have money it's selfish to have any more than just the absolute bare minimum and I was already aware of kind of where these limiting beliefs came from but like I always say with clients just because we're consciously aware of something doesn't mean the subconscious is on the same page as us and so The fact that I have, one, been aware of this limiting belief for many years, and two, even know where this limiting belief originated from, and still am struggling with this, tells me the conscious and the subconscious are not aligned, and it's the perfect thing to take through an EVOC session. 
So going into this session, I really thought that what was going to come up was a lot of memories from childhood related to my family and my parents, my grandparents, and just discussions within the family around money. And it was really surprising to me because the bulk of the memories coming up were all related to experiences in the church and in the religious circles that we were spending most of our time with. Now, again, I always have to, you know, have a little disclaimer here that when I share my experiences, this is not to say at all that all churches have this message. It's not to say at all that all Christians preach this message. This was just what I happened to experience in the church and in the Christian communities that we were a part of during those early years of my life. So to get a little bit clearer, what was coming up, just almost like a waterfall of memories, were all of these experiences in the church and in those communities of you know, pastors kind of giving this message of you need to give as much as you possibly can of yourself. And there really was, I remember so clearly, there was this attitude or this general idea that almost the worse off your own personal life was because you were giving and doing so much, the more you were to be praised and the better Christian you were, the more selfless you were. And so I really do remember there were many people in the circles who were not doing well. Their finances were in shambles, their family life were in shambles because they were giving so much of their time and money to the church. And I remember seeing that and actually seeing the praise they were receiving for how selfless they were being. And even as a little girl, I remember feeling like there's a little bit of a disconnect here, thinking, I don't think God is calling me to destroy my own life in service of him. I'm not quite sure that's really what the message is. And it surprised me a bit how much anger came up in this session, really repressed anger towards those, the church in particular that we were a part of during those times, and some of the philosophies that were being shared from the different leaders of those congregations. I wasn't expecting all the anger that came up to surface, a lot of anger and annoyance, and even at times almost like a gaggy feeling of just like, oh God, I can't Thinking, thinking back to those times made me feel like nauseous or sick, just thinking about how many people in our circles were sacrificing everything to the point of their own destruction, all for the sake of being a part of this community. It was like the way that they earned their passage into this community. So at least in this session in particular, I had way more repressed emotions towards those experiences than towards necessarily the experiences in my own family, which is the exact opposite of what I was thinking. And I see this happen so often where sometimes the things that we think, oh, that was that was no big deal, or I don't really have anything related to that, 
So often this, once we get in a session, the subconscious turns on and goes, oh, no, no, no. Like there's still some stuff here that maybe you didn't realize. And like I said, I see this happen with clients and myself all the time. And for me, I've learned to really approach these sessions almost as an outside observer. Like I'm not trying to control or predict what the subconscious is going to reveal. It's like I'm coming to the subconscious saying, hey, what's going on down there? What do you have for me? I'm not going to judge it either way. So whatever you've got, you're free to share. And so there was a lot of anger coming up towards, I think, again, in the circles we were a part of in particular, just how rigidly dogmatic they were about the giving of your time and your money. What also came up in the session was remembering how through my college years, I had some summer jobs and then one or two jobs during the school year where, you know, honestly, I think like every two weeks I was getting a $200 paycheck. (laughs) So, I mean, it was almost negligible. The money I was making And what came up really clearly in the session was remembering actually how much shame I felt that I wasn't tithing 10% of that $200 paycheck and actually how much guilt I felt about that. And a very clear phrase came up through my mind during the session, which was, if anyone found out. And this was something I had never acknowledged or even realized, I think, how much shame and guilt I felt all through those college years that I wasn't tithing the exact amount I should be, even though in my heart, I knew I was giving back to the community in different ways, in ways that maybe weren't necessarily monetary, but because this was the dogma I was surrounded by that, no, 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 You have to give back. And by the way, the giving has to be in this way, in this amount. And in fact, it should actually be more than that if you want to be a really, really good part of the community. And so I really felt so much shame and guilt around that that had never been acknowledged. And so that absolutely came up and I think was finally released. But then also with that phrase, if anyone ever found out, I realized how much fear I had that if anyone in the community found out I wasn't tithing, I would be excommunicated. I would lose my community and feeling really this fear of, okay, and this conflict of, I want to be, I want community. I want love. I want acceptance. And it seems like these are the rules in order to obtain those things. And yet I'm feeling a conflict because I don't feel like that fully aligns with what I think to be true and right. I don't think in order to be accepted and loved, I have to give exactly this much in this way at this time. I think there are other ways to give back. So, but still, I think at the core, that fear of losing the community I had filled me with shame and guilt and looking back on that time through the session I actually realized what a burden that was to carry on a daily basis 
carrying that shame and guilt and fear that if anyone found out, I would lose my community. Again, and I say this so often, when you're hearing it, sometimes it sounds so simple. It doesn't sound like anything dramatic, but each of these repressed emotions or unacknowledged emotions is like this massive boulder on our shoulders or this huge rock that we're carrying in a backpack. And with each repressed emotion, we're adding another rock to the backpack. And just imagine how it would feel physically to walk around every single day with a backpack filled to the brim with rocks and how exhausting that is. And that really is the analogy that always comes to my mind with these repressed emotions is it's not necessarily a massive trauma we're experiencing on a daily basis, but it is a heavy burden or a dark cloud that is just constantly hanging over us and so often just acknowledging the emotions that were repressed during a period, acknowledging the emotions that we were never able to express outwardly can lead to so much progress and release and clarity. And so I just started telling myself in the session because One of the things we always want to do is once we identify maybe the events and the limiting beliefs, we want to tell the subconscious a different story, particularly while we're getting the biofeedback from Evox so that we can help replace whatever the old story is, whatever the old limiting belief is with the new story or the new belief. And so what I was just telling myself in my head was, This was an old belief. It was a burden that you have to give all of yourself all the time in order to find love and acceptance and community. And I don't have to believe that anymore. I can start to believe that I will still be able to find friends and community without the need to completely deplete myself emotionally and financially. And as soon as I thought those words to myself, it was so often I really do feel a tangible release in my body, like a weight really was lifted off of me. And after that particular biofeedback output, I did a new voice recording and that's when I had a releasing pattern, which is just when the system detects a significantly positive shift in the tones of the voice. So to close it out, something I've started doing at the end of each session is just making a quick little list to identify what significant events came up during this session that might have contributed to the limiting belief, what limiting beliefs came up during the session, what repressed emotions, and then how did those limiting beliefs manifest as habits or patterns in my life? And so for me in this session in particular, the events were mostly centered around church experiences, church services, and just general interactions with individuals in those groups at that time. The repressed emotions that came up during the session were shame, 
disgust even, anger, fear, sadness, and guilt. And the limiting beliefs that I identified were first, you have to give everything you have to be accepted. And you have to tithe at least 10% and even more if you want to be a really good person every month. And if you aren't giving back every month, you're selfish. And if you're happy and healthy and comfortable in life, then you aren't giving enough. So how did these limiting beliefs manifest as patterns in my life? Well, for me, first of all, it just manifested as the continuation of these repressed feelings of fear and shame and guilt. Part of it manifested as never wanting to talk about money or share how much money I'm making out of fear that I was going to be reprimanded for making too much money or not giving away enough money. But another really significant way that I was able to see how this had manifested was I also felt a lot of shame around I must not be doing enough because I am happy and healthy and my life is pretty comfortable. And so that limiting belief kept triggering all of this shame around, well, if you are happy and healthy and comfortable, then you must not be giving enough. And that's really selfish of you. And I can also see how in some of the weakest points in my life over the years, this shame that I wasn't giving enough also kept me from asking for help when I needed it because I was afraid that if I asked for support in these moments of deep, deep weakness, I wouldn't be able to give anything in return. And because I wasn't going to be able to give anything in return, I can't therefore ask for anything either. And so that definitely played into my feeling feelings of isolation, my not reaching out for help more from loved ones. And by the way, this isn't to say that the friends and family directly in my life were perpetuating these ideals. I really don't think they were. But so often, these limiting beliefs are just kind of this subliminal undercurrent in our subconscious that I, it wasn't something that I think over the years I could really verbally express to friends and family and say, hey, I have a subconscious belief that I'm not giving enough and so I'm afraid to ask for help, right? That's not a conversation I was having. Now, of course, now that I've identified it much more clearly, that is something that I could communicate and say, hey, yeah, over the years, I see now that part of the reason I was so afraid to ask for help was because of this subconscious limiting beliefs and fear and shame, etc. And I'm excited to see over the next few weeks how clearing that limiting belief and clearing those emotions will start to shift my patterns. And hopefully I'll feel even safer and more comfortable to reach out and ask for support when I need it. And then the last thing that I think I identified in how this played out was just a general feeling of I'm a bad person because I'm not giving enough. And I don't ever want anyone to find out that I'm not giving enough, whatever enough 
was in my mind because if they find out, then they'll know what a bad person I am and then they won't want to be my friend or be a part of my life anymore. And it's so interesting because even saying those words out loud verbally, I want to laugh because it almost sounds so ridiculous when you say it out loud. And yet to the subconscious, it's not silly or a joke. It's real. It's a very, very real fear that can play out in so many different ways for each individual person. But again, I come back to what a horrible feeling to have on a daily basis that I feel like I'm a bad person because of these ideals I maybe was exposed to as a child and I feel the need to keep my life so private in some ways because I'm afraid that I'll be found out and then lose my community as a result. That's just such an awful thing to carry on a daily basis, even if it's not necessarily showing up consciously in my mind every day. I I wasn't every single day thinking to myself, I'm a bad person, but that sentiment and that feeling was just there in the background, very subliminally in the subconscious. After the session, what I was really thinking about is how my perception and my beliefs around giving back have really shifted and been solidified. And for me, it's it's so much less about a specific number or a specific percent and so much more just about general, this general idea of reciprocity. I have been given so much. I am given so much in my life. And absolutely, I want to give back, but I no longer feel confined to, well, here is the way that you give back. It's by giving this exact percent of money at this exact time in this exact way. For me, it's so much more about, I know I can give back with my time. I know I can give back with my affection and by investing deeply in the lives of those I'm really close to right now. And and also freeing myself to feel like how I give back right now might look way differently than how I give back 10 years from now. 10 years from now, maybe my resources have grown exponentially and I can give back in much, much bigger ways to a much broader community. But maybe right now when certain resources are limited, giving back looks like giving more in the form of my time, giving more in the form of my emotional support. And maybe it's a smaller circle of people. Maybe it's giving back to my immediate community versus trying to give back to thousands and thousands of people worldwide when I don't really have the bandwidth for that right now. And then the other thing I was really thinking about is sometimes I think, There's phases of this. I think there's phases of reciprocity and then there's phases of receiving. And sometimes we can be in both of those places at once where I'm freely, I'm giving and I'm also receiving love. But I know just from my own life experience that there have been phases in my life where I had so little to give. I was so depleted emotionally and financially, my bandwidth was gone. And 
still in those moments when all I needed was just to receive love, receive support, I felt so much shame that I wasn't giving. And I think really, I feel personally that that can be so detrimental. And I don't, I don't feel like that is the message that was meant to be shared. For me, I think the message is give, give what you can when you can, not because you should, but because you truly want to. And, and then in the moments when you're depleted and you need to receive, accept that fully, accept those gifts of love, maybe even financial support, maybe, maybe physical gifts, accept those freely without shame. And so that is really what I feel like I'm stepping into now is releasing the shame around the times when I do feel like I need to receive and then also releasing the shame around, oh, there's only these five ways to give back. And if I'm not giving back in these five ways, then I'm a bad person or I'm selfish. I really do feel like I've released that and There's so much joy in that because over the years, I do know that I have given back in the way that feels authentic to me. And so being able to now, I think, step into that even more fully, step into, you know what, actually, yes, here is the way of giving back that makes me feel so full and alive and joyful and fulfilled And even if it doesn't fit whatever this mold of giving back is, I can now feel so utterly at peace and filled with joy in this. Truly with each Evox session, I feel as though another layer that has been covering who I truly am is being shed. And with each session, I'm shedding more and more layers that have been hiding my authentic self and just freeing myself to step into who I am authentically. And it feels really good. (laughs) So again, as always, thank you to each of you for tuning in. I received the most beautiful feedback from a podcast listener the other day just saying how much she enjoys listening to these episodes and I can't tell you how much that means to me. I know I say on here every time, please reach out with your thoughts and your, you know, any epiphanies you're having, how you feel like this is helping you because it is such a joy to hear that. Thank you again to that person who shared just such encouraging, positive, affirming words about the podcast. It means so, so much. So until Friday, everyone, Friday, there will be another Evox episode coming out as well. 